Everybody, it's been a couple of weeks. We didn't do a flagship show last week because we were doing TRN Classic. So here we are back on the air for episode 315 of Top Rope Nation. I'm Ryan Drosty, joined by Jesse Velasquez and Justin Joint, as always, to talk about quite a few topics tonight. We got some AEW to discuss. We've got a big WWE show in Saudi Arabia this weekend to discuss. Jesse, how's your week going, sir? My IQ has risen about 25 points in the last two to three days. Feliz Dia de los Muertos. That is Day of the Dead in English. Speaking of Day of the Dead, head to Twitter.com and or Facebook for all of your Ric Flair wrestling takes. (laughs) I did see you were out last night for that, weren't you? Were you drinking a margarita? Yes, I was at my cousin's wonderful restaurant in St. Paul, Minnesota. I will quickly broadcast that. Boca Chica. If you oh, live in the nice. Twin Cities, it is delicious. Almost 60 years running. Nice. So your cousin has a great restaurant. Your buddy has this distillery. Justin, we got to get up there soon. We got some I places know, right? to check out since the last time we've been up there. Justin Joint, the last time we did a flagship, you were getting ready to take your son to his first wrestling event, an indie show. So we haven't been able to talk about it since, as I said, we did TRN Classics for Patreon last week. How'd that go for your boy? It was awesome. Uh, he absolutely loved it. He was in awe. You know, it was a really small venue. Um, I, I believe it would be called a bingo hall by many people. But, you know, we had uh, third row seats. We could see everything. And uh, I mean, just the look on his face was worth the admission alone. And then, you know, I actually I, I can't say I know one of the wrestlers, but I was actually roommates with uh, his aunt years ago. So I, I kind of know his family. So I got to introduce Kit to him, which he thought was awesome. Um, yeah, it was great, man. Uh, boy, what else was there about it? I can say, I mean, obviously it's a it's an indie promotion. So some of the work isn't all that great. But the, the first match on the card was a legit really fun good match uh so that really made it for me and our, our good buddy uh tim met us there also so it, we, we had an absolute blast uh, i believe there is another one coming up in about nine days ryan that hopefully maybe you can bring one of your girls with you and uh we can go check that out i got it on the calendar i'm planning nice. on it all so. right nothing better than live wrestling it doesn't have to be the big leagues indie wrestling is so fun to go to i know jesse you go to first wrestling once in a while up in in the twin cities as well and great way to introduce your son justin to to wrestling for the first time to know if he can handle the big leagues if you could take him to a wwe house show or something like that well and that was the big revelation is uh he claims to have sensitive ears so like even when we go to the the movies or anything similar to that, or fireworks, we have to bring his noise-canceling headphones. Mm-hmm. 
he took him off halfway through the show. I was like, dad, I don't need him. And, and it was loud in there. So he was super into it. It, it, it made this, uh, dad's heart, you know, fill up, uh, all the way to the top. Awesome. Love to hear that. The next generation of top rope nation coming through. Uh, guys, what's in the glass for you tonight? This is what I have. I've got a little three Floyd's zombie mm. ice. You can see this Ooh, on that's the camera. Good stuff. Yeah. Eight and a half percent IPA. Okay. Double. It's a undead double pale ale. It's actually, sorry, not an IPA. Pale ale that's eight and a half percent. My God. Uh, yeah, it's it's t- it's going down good. It's tasting very good. What do you, what do you got, Jesse? I switched gin for this evening, so I'm going like traditional Bombay Sapphire. Oh, okay. Mixed with some Sprite. Yep, we're at about 90% capacity. Still just a touch under the weather. Those children and all their <laughs> wonderful colds and things they bring you, home. You powered through, though. A new TRN unplugged up on Patreon two days ago. Uh, solo pod, 30 minutes. Patrons can check that out if you want to hear it. Bonus content, link in the description. That was really good. Some greatest hits from wrestling Twitter where you uh, you went pretty hard on some of these bad takes, Jesse. I, I really enjoyed it. I laughed quite a bit. That's honestly the most fun I've ever had doing a solo episode. So if that's not enough, thank you, Justin. I appreciate it. So if that's not enough for you all to check it out, please do so. A lot, a lot of fun. Justin, what do you got? Well, uh, I'm still waiting to get my cold because both of my boys have colds, super congested. Uh, The youngest one has, of course, been to the doctor. I think we almost made it a month and a half without having to go to the doctor. But alas, here we are. And there seems to be some sort of bug uh, going on at my wife's school where she is the school nurse. So uh, I am abiding by my absolutely stupid and in no way possibly true uh, way of drinking when I think I'm going to get a cold or when I have a cold. And that is clear liquids. So it's it's a G&T for me tonight. Hey, that works. I my wife asked me for a gin and tonic the other night. Don't have any tonic water right now. She was quite angry. So I have to get yeah. some out to work tomorrow <laughs> for the weekend. But uh, Justin was the gateway for gin and tonics for us here at the Drosty household. And I like to hear that. Guys, there it is on the screen. If you're Absolutely. watching the video screen, uh, scan that QR code right now. It will take you to the Patreon page. You can get all this bonus content. You saw the names scrolling across the bottom our lovely patrons and uh yeah a lot of great stuff going up 117 bonus shows on the top rope nation patreon right now guys uh, speaking of drinks rick flair has signed with AEW. <laughs> never never a stranger oh, to a drink never a guy sakes. to turn down a drink uh you know i hadn't planned on talking about rick flair this week you know we know that um god when was that two weeks ago on our show was that our last flagship right after Sting announced his farewell match? Because I had said on the show, how long do you think it took for Ric Flair to pick up the phone to offer to wrestle Sting? Huh. And for God's sakes, there he was on our screens the next week appearing on Dynamite. He is officially a multi-year contract. He said in an interview he would like to wrestle MJF. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Just enjoyed your thoughts. um look it makes me feel icky there there's a lot of stuff that have have have, has come out about rick flair's past that he is a bit of a sex pest uh there was an expert or an excerpt shared from uh jim ross's book 
which I'm sure is just one minor story of many where he, you know, he exposes himself to women. And obviously there was a story from the plane ride from hell where he, you know, basically pressed himself against a woman. Um, so I think it's gross and completely unnecessary to bring him in. And at first, if it was just for the sting kind of farewell to her, I was like, all right, well, I can swallow this pill, I guess, you know, for, for sting, yeah. sting's retirement. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's going to be around for years, I just can't wrap my, I don't understand what he brings to the table at this uh, age and in time of his life. He, I mean, I don't think he can cut a promo because that was the other thing. You know, he wants to talk with MJF. It's like, dude, you're going to get eaten alive. You can't wrestle anymore. You haven't been able to wrestle in in, in fucking decades or a decade at least. And uh, yeah, I think it sucks. Jesse? He almost died last summer in a ring. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he learn from that? Nope. I know wrestling. It's too high. <laughs> well, the and that's the one thing. And it, I got to make this comparison as well because Hulk Hogan, I think Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan don't know anything about life other than pro wrestling. Like that's their character. That's who they are in in real life. They've all of a sudden morphed into that character. So what, what does he have without it? Which is, it's a very sad situation, especially he's a 74 year old man. I think he's been remarried. Again, all the, all the allegations, and this is a horrible look on Tony Khan, who a few weeks ago during the WWE AEW Tuesday Night War with NXT was throwing shade at them for Vince McMahon being a sex pest. And then you just go and hire yeah. one. That's mm-hmm. not an intelligent move. So as I've always considered him to be the greatest in-ring performer of all time, I still don't want him gracing my television screen. So I'm hoping much like a year ago when they signed Jeff Jarrett, he was supposed to be just backstage and here he is almost every week on my television. So no, keep him back there. Mm-hmm. Horrible signing. I'm, I was pretty much where Justin was with it. You know, when he appeared on dynamite, I was fine seeing him come out to make an appearance. If he's going to appear here and there for Sting's farewell tour, they're tied together. I mean, he's an all-time legend. He's on my Mount Rushmore. I'm not going to lie. Now, as a person, that's a whole different thing. But as a performer, one of my top four favorites, easily. I do not get why you would sign him multi-year. I know people are talking about the money and it could go elsewhere. That doesn't worry me so much. I he can't be getting paid that much, do you think? I mean, it can't be a huge money deal. If Especially, he can't be wrestling. I know he wants to wrestle. For God's sakes, keep him out of the ring, Tony. Uh, as an ambassador kind of thing, I mean, they got this partnership with this energy drink that they had in the PR release. Yeah, you know, whatever. I just, I don't want to see him every single week. It takes away from him appearing with it feeling special at all to get him on the screen. Pretty soon it'll get played out. But yeah, I, I see no purpose to have him around for multiple years. It just kind of shocked me when I saw that come across today. It, it's also a bad look just because, you know, AEW is in the midst of a lot of criticism with, with booking and whatnot. And to follow Ric Flair up with uh, the big show reappearing, it's just like, it's kind of just fallen into the hands of everybody who's crapping on AEW right now. Yeah, let's transition into that. I mean, where are you guys at with AEW right now? I mean, I still 
that's my my preferred promotion to follow still is it at its height not even close i mean i still find myself enjoying the shows quite a bit i told you guys yeah i did the dynamite review for sc scoops last night like i always do and there was stuff on the show i really didn't like but also some stuff i really did like i mean it was kind of all over the map i'd rather them have shows but i like everything kind of like the early days some of this does seem directionless i mean yeah big show walking out like who really wants to see this out of nowhere i mean it lacked so much logic um i'm way overseeing kenny omega next to chris jericho it's like kenny is playing second fiddle to jericho when he's out there you know with with the whole thing going on with the callus family so i don't really need to see that um i loved the opening match with claudio and cassidy that was phenomenal so i mean the opening of the show was hot really liked that uh the women's stuff did not work you know with sky blue and the miss which they totally missed no pun intended with on the camera. You didn't even really see it happen. That was a miss. Tony storm still great though. Still like Tony storm. So, I mean, it, it really is all over the map. Um, Justin, where are you at with it? We know you're more of an AEW fan than a WWE fan traditionally on here. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I have found myself the last few weeks, uh, fast forwarding through more of the shows than I normally would. Now, I kind of, I messaged you guys earlier today and said, I've just been kind of blah about it lately. And I don't think that's entirely on AEW. Part of that is on, you know, my limited free time and how I want to spend it. You know, I'm in the middle of a very fun FIFA uh, franchise. So (laughs) I've been, I've been wanting to play that a lot more. And with it being Halloween season, I really like watching horror or thriller movies, you know, during this time. So I just haven't been able to. So I've been trying to get through the wrestling a little bit quicker. Having said that there's, there's still stuff that I I will go out of my way to watch anything with MJF, anything with Christian. Uh, I, you know, like you, I'm digging the Tony storm stuff. Uh, I enjoyed the opening match. Uh, Claudio, the absolute uh, best and possibly greatest base in all of wrestling for the high flyers. Mm -hmm. Um, and even like last night, I, you know, I, I sped through quite a bit of it, but I, it had a through line from start to finish with, of the show with MJF trying to find some partners. You, you knew who it was going to end up being, but I still thought it was really fun. Uh, and speaking of M- MJF, I know a lot of people are down on it, but I, I'm enjoying what they're doing with him with this kind of this baby face run. And, you know, I'm almost questioning at every turn, is, is he going to turn again? And it's, you know, I'm still not a hundred percent convinced that he's not, you know, the, the devil, the guy in the mask. Um, I don't know how exactly that would work with, you know, the kind of the debut when he, uh, attacked Jay white, but, uh, and you know, that too, I'm intrigued to find out who this devil is a little concerned as to who it could be, but boy, if they could pull off a big time swindle and have it be, Adam Cole and maybe have, have worked some of the journalists and maybe his injury isn't real. That would be fantastic. Or if maybe they know uh, the recovery time is going to be a lot quicker than maybe they let on uh, the impossible scenario, which would be, you know, the dream scenario is CM Punk, the greatest work of all time. Oh, man. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe, bra- maybe brawl in was a work, not possible, but, but that, <laughs> that would be uh, incredible though. Yeah. Another one, another one that doesn't make sense would be uh 
Britt Baker. Cause I, it, it was pointed out in that Doja cat, uh, video, which was awesome by the way. Uh, she did the devil finger horns and, and it looks like this person in the mask is a little bit slighter in, in stature. So, uh, I would also throw out Jack Perry as a possibility that too doesn't really make a whole lot of sense other than, you know, the last time we saw him was all in last time we saw the mask close to MJF was the, the promo that him and Adam Cole did afterwards. So that's just some stuff I I'm digging right now. Um, having said all that, there's obviously some major problems. You know, there's reports of their storylines aren't getting fixed until like right before the show, which was a problem with WWE for years. I saw some WWE people on Twitter like, oh, imagine this. Look at all these problems. Like, what? This is like the signature of WWE (laughs) is not knowing what the hell's going on. Yeah. Until they had to get rid of Vince to fix that. So basically, I I have some concerns with AEW. It, It does feel a little bit chaotic and not in a good way which in the past it's felt chaotic, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's still, there's still a lot to like in the, uh, you know, the people who think this is the uh, end of the world for AEW or the beginning of the end uh, on social media. I, I think that is just so overblown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's where I am. Sorry for the long ramble. No, you're good. This is your show. You can talk as long as you want. <laughs> Jesse, what about you? was more coherent than a lot of WWE's 2021 logic. <laughs> so, no, I I lie in with you. I there's a lot of cons and there are a lot of pros right now. I think what and that's the problem with social media is that it's such a as soon as something happens, instant reaction thing, and then you instantly forget about what happened a week ago. I'll actually throw some of the cons in there. People already have forgotten that Jeff Jarrett beat Eddie Kingston on collision. People have already pretty much forgot that Kanosuke Takeshita's singles push has been getting delayed with this faction stuff, and he should be definitely on the uprise. I think people have already forgotten that MJF wrestled Kenny Omega in in front of a crowd that was slightly smaller than Moxie versus Matt Menard and Wardlow versus Matt Taven in the same venue. Y'all forgot that. Five days ago. Incredible match. Nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Yes. And trying to compare it to WCW with the Goldberg Hogan thing, that's 40,000 people. They're wrestling in front of four. Yeah. There's a big problem there with AEW's PR. And I I mentioned it on the Unplugged show where I, I said they should have littered some things in there beforehand to make this build look better, to make this make more sense, or flip it to MJF and Jay White. So put Omega on a run and let him wrestle MJF in the main event at Full Gear. You might get more buys that way too, because Kenny's a bigger name. Yeah. So the positives of it all, though, look at the build for Full Gear. Oh, I think this is great. This has been one of the best builds that they have ever, I think, that they've done in the last year. You got MJF, Jay White, Swerve Hangman. You have the six man, Hikaru Shida, Tony Storm. Yeah, I mean, and everything has, it, it's got some ongoing story stuff over the last month or two. And here is the big elephant in the room that people are forgetting with all the skies falling in the AEW stuff. From Forbidden Door until Wrestle Dream, every single pay-per-view has been an A- minus at worst. Oh, yeah. They've mm-hmm. been on a influential run. They're still 
raking in money in spite of these lower attendances. They're inches away from getting a television deal. Warner Brothers has even gone out of their, their, their way to said that they are pleased with the ratings right now in spite of going up against football, college specifically on Saturday nights, and other pro sports that are going on on Wednesdays. So for the doom and gloom naysayers that are trying to compare this to yesteryear, times have changed. Television deals are a little bit different. There are other ways to make income. AEW is doing just fine there. So with the inconsistencies in the booking, yes, that's a negative. But all the positive I just outlined, you you can't tell me they're in the mud because they're not. Yeah, I mean the the main of the main event build for Full Gear for this world title match is better than a lot of the builds they've had for world title matches on pay per views. I mean they've been building this up right, you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks. The stuff with the acclaim wanting to team with MJF has been a little bit goofy. Although I I thought some of it was funny last night when they finally did the scissoring at the end. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's it's all over the map. John Moxley was phenomenal last night. I thought the backstage mm-hmm. interview he did was really good. Uh, Adam Copeland for the criticism that he got early on, you know, with his delivery and that collision promo he did that was panned, I thought was very good last night. I thought he's he's warming up to AEW now. Him, him and Christian are doing good stuff. I mean, everyone could have seen that six-man match coming, but they finally made it official last night. So he's been good, I thought. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, there's things to like, but definitely things to criticize. I mean, we hadn't even been able to talk about the collision match with MJF and Omega, and I think it was rightly criticized uh, uh, with the build. They didn't maximize the profit they could have got out of it. They moved a little bit more tickets at the last minute. But I mean, like you said on Unplugged, Jesse, there was a tease about how many days, like when it was around 26 days or something on Being Mm -hmm. the Elite. But most people are not watching Being the Elite proportionally. They had just teased it like the week before on Dynamite before it was the match was announced. So, I mean, yeah, you got to build to those things. And that reeks of the last minute booking. Tony is not a long term booking guy. He's not, and he's been scared away from it because of all the injuries they've dealt with. Here we got this, you know, one with Brian Danielson now too. Uh, so they need to do a better job of the long-term booking. No question about it. That was a egregious case. I loved the match. I still don't get why they did it the way that they did. 4,000 people, no pay-per-view. But just as a fan watching it, it was phenomenal. You know, I, I saw all the comments on social media about just enjoy it, you know, quit analyzing things, just be a fan. Well, we're doing a podcast, so our purpose is to criticize it if it needs to be criticized. And yeah, you can criticize the build for that. But as a fan, of course, it was a phenomenal match. Jesse, you said, what, second best TV match of the year, in your opinion, behind the 60-minute yeah. tag or 45 minutes, however long that was? Can you remember? Yeah, almost an hour. Yeah. So, I mean, I would I would agree with that. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I knew it was going to be good and it was good, but yeah, I think MJF people are going to look back on this period and some people are going to blame him because business has turned as far as ticket sales down. I mean, their TV ratings are pretty close to where they've been for a long time. There's some variability there, but uh, you know, overall you got one product that's really hot right now for at least 2023 wrestling with WWE. They are selling a lot of tickets and AEW is not, it's just a hard fact. I mean, they're not doing well attendance to where they were a couple of years ago. I personally think they need to try some new markets for God's sakes. How many times is this promotion going to run Texas 
No offense, mm-hmm. people in Texas, but I, I see they got another loop of Texas coming up. It's a big state, but I mean, saturation. I think they've done three or four loops through Texas this year. I mean, I think part of their problem is they're going back to the same places over well, and, and over and over. Hit some new markets. And apparently they're not really promoting in those markets leading up to the yeah. show. I mean, we've talked, Justin, as Iowans. They haven't won, run a show in Iowa yet. Iowa's not a huge state, but it's bigger than a lot of states in this country, population-wise. <laughs> it is. And you 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 cannot tell me, Justin, that if they ran Des Moines, Iowa, where WWE runs once or twice a year, they wouldn't get more than three to 4,000 people there. I think they would. Yes. It'd be a new market. They have a big mm-hmm. building down there. I mean, they had 9,000 for SmackDown when I went in June. This is traditionally, they get some pretty good wrestling crowds down there. They haven't even tried to run there. I try some new markets. The Canadian tour in the in the summer, those ticket sales were abysmal. You can't tell me that there's not some new markets that you could try that might do better than that. I mean, just give it a try at this point because you can't just keep beating a dead horse running the same places over and over and over. So I think that that would help with tickets maybe and promoting, as you said. But I mean, overall, I wouldn't say I'm down on the product. I think there's reason to criticize, but I still overall enjoy watching AW and I'm really, really looking forward to full gear. I mean, I have seen way worse wrestling programming as a fan over the last 20 years than what <laughs> AEW is putting on right now. Way worse. And certainly it wasn't that long ago. WWE was only getting three to 4,000 people for television tapings too. And they got a lot longer history than this promotion. So all these, uh, and- all companies go through this. Yeah, and when WWE was doing that business, they probably deserved a lot less people in attendance. For sure. Um, Real quick, just to play devil's advocate to a couple of your points, you're 100% right on uh, rushing MJF and Omega. That that, that is not how you want to do business. But on the flip side, for me personally, like that isn't really a matchup that I had thought about or like had really wanted to see. And now after having seen it, it's like, I, I will spend money if they, if they want to put that match on a pay-per-view. Cause th- those two, I mean, just blew the roof off the place. I, just an absolutely tremendous match. So I think it, it does do uh, possible good things going forward or in the future, if you want to put it back on a, on a pay-per-view or something. And then uh, with Tony not booking long-term, it seems like that's kind of a, you know, to your point, that's more when the, all the injuries started happening. It's, I know it's not the same as booking, but you know he had said that he knew who, who his first four AEW World Champions were going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and then who who was the fifth? CM Punk, and that's when the injury problems started, and, and the flip flopping with the title and, and and all that jazz. So, I, I I think he started off as a decent long term booker, yes. but. He's not so much now. And then, well, that's, yeah, that's you know, what I said ge- is he's been, he has been scared away from it because of all the injuries. Yeah. That's what I've heard is that oh, because okay. of that, he's not looking long-term as much anymore. Boy, that, and that's a big mistake. And, you know, to Jesse's point about how good the pay-per-views have been going back to forbidden door. I think that's another reason why we might not see any changes or fixes is because Tony Khan's just going to look at that and be like, we're doing just fine. Why am I going to change anything? Mm-hmm. It's like, you can always improve, buddy. Yeah. Can improve on those announcements. I mean. Oh, my God. You can't 
tease a major announcement and have it be a ticket on sale. I know it's a big show, but the majority of your audience can't even consider overseas for the majority of AEW's audience is here in North America. What? No one. This is like the boy who cries wolf. You know, nobody can take this seriously when that's what this it could have just been a PR email and it would have got out there on all the websites. Everyone would have found out about it. It would have been on Twitter. It would have been on Instagram in minutes. And you can't put that on TV. I mean, I think that's getting panned and rightfully so. You you can put it on TV, but not as a major announcement. Yeah. 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 I mean, put it, you could just have it run as a banner across the bottom and that's totally fine. You should put it on TV. Yeah. Let me rephrase. You should put it on TV. Just not with the hype that they gave yes. it. I mean, the next time they do this, which you know, they're going to do it and people always make fun of it. They're really going to make fun of it now. I mean, even the most hardcore AEW fans are going to be pretty jaded about the next Tony Khan major announcement. And by the time they have like a, HBO Max deal to announce or something. I mean, people aren't even going to be hyped to hear the announcement because they're going to think, oh, great, it's the double or nothing on sale or something, you know? <laughs> so, unfortunate. That, w- that was real bad last night. That was not a high point in the show. So, I have a uh, small, any- yeah, I have yeah, a small long term concern else. moving forward with AEW, and that is almost alienating your original fan base with the Ric Flair's, the Adam Copeland's, just all these all these major signings from the other side when when you started the promotion, you were looking for an alternative to the yeah. other side. Yeah. So that could be a reason why maybe you're seeing 40, 50, 60,000 people each week not tune in when they were before because they're starting to get they're starting to get a little bit of WWE light, just a little. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, absolutely, with this cheesy, over-the-top bad comedy that they seem to be leaning into. Please, for the love of God, I love his in-ring work, but I, I do not want to ever hear Roderick Strong say Adam again. Oh, I know. Go away, Heat, at this point. It's not funny. It's Nobody so likes bad. It. it is so bad. He can, I mean, you could tell the story without that. It's, it's that it's, you know, the caster stuff has been pretty hit or miss with trying to get MJF as their partner, but it, that got a little close to being too cheesy. I, it probably was too cheesy. I, like I said, I liked the payoff at the end. It was pretty funny when Billy Gunn was screaming at him, like you effing scissor him now or whatever. he said. <laughs> that, that, that was funny, but to get there it's like you know the acclaim got over because they're edgy and the raps that you know really pushing pushing it with this with the raps he would do coming to the ring i don't really want to see that kind of comedy out of him caster has always had a thing for mjf on twitter for whatever reason this goes back to like Mm -hmm. their create a pro stuff that they were doing back then so i guess i i can see why he's doing what he's doing yeah it makes sense but like is that too much inside baseball Yes. I mean, is that too much of the being the elites, you know, where you assume everyone kind of knows this and the rest of us like, what the hell? You know, it's I think you're getting a little cute with that. So, yeah, they got some things to to tie up for sure. I agree. And then the one last thing I'm going to mention, which Justin brought this point to light a couple weeks ago, which was excellent. The very lack of top women in AEW, because now you're seeing the recycled opponents come up over and over again. 
you've seen somebody lose the TBS title opportunity or lose to Statlander and then two weeks later get a world title shot. It's happened to yeah, Soho and Willow. It does not look good at all. So, no. and w- what is this saying to like a, a Mercedes Vernado and if she decides to come in? What's this also saying to Mariah May, who looks like the big next free agent that's going to be stepping into AEW coming over from stardom? Almost like a carbon copy of Tony's, almost like a Tony Storm Tiffany Stratton hybrid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's always been the criticism in AEW. The women's division has never got the attention. We've talked a lot about on the show with match placement, too. But, yeah, they really got to have some more direction there moving forward, for sure. Um, yeah, I. it's just I always watch Dynamite. I'm not going to lie. Since Punk left, collisions hit or miss for me. I do not watch it every week as religiously as I did before. You guys? It's It's... Kind of like a better version of Rampage where I, I don't watch it live ever. Uh, it's always it's a DVR show for me. And and that's based on the hearsay of which match I should probably go watch. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I watch Collision every other week. And I it was the say. best show, you know, and, uh, you know, it was the punk show. Then it was going to become the Brian show. Brian was going to help book it now. Now Brian's out. I mean. Show seems very much in flux right now. Yeah, because Rampage is for the most part dead in the water. More than I mean, they actually put on a great one. I, I actually went on my way to DVR and watched it. I was very impressed. But I mean, you still got to drum up more attention for me to tune in or at least DVR it every week. Yeah. All right. So let's transition to WWE now because I think there's a, a good tie-in with something that Justin said. So. You mentioned with MJF, what you liked is, you know, like the show long angle where they're trying, Mm -hmm. he's trying to get his partners. And I like that too, because it ties the beginning to the end nicely, keeps you tuned in throughout. WWE has been doing this. Um, The booking in WWE has been a lot better. We've talked about this on the show. I very much enjoy both products right now. I'm not going to lie. I don't watch Raw every week. The three hours is still a slog. I will watch highlights most of the time or skim through what happened on my DVR. SmackDown, now I'm reviewing it for SE Scoop, so I'm always watching it. But before that, I was still mostly watching it if I could or watching it Saturday mornings. It's always an easy watch. And the build to LA Knight and Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel last week's SmackDown was very good with, you know, you actually had Roman in the build. They did the contract signing at the beginning. It was LA Knight kind of getting one over on Roman throughout the show. That was the story. You know, like at the very beginning, Roman comes out, LA Knight interrupted his entrance. He he came off looking better during the contract signing. You know, then at the end, uh, Roman tried to come out, take him down, and instead LA Knight got the upper hand yet again. So they're telling the story that Roman can't get the upper hand on this guy. Spoiler alert, alert, I do not think that there is a hope in hell that LA Knight's winning the title <laughs> this Saturday at Crown Jewel. But they've done a good job in building to this match, I think. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're telling logical stories in WWE right now. That product's been very good lately, Jesse. Yeah, everything does make sense. And I mentioned that LA Knight, this is a heat check for him, possibly, just to see how well he can hold up in a main event setting going against Roman Reigns. He's never been here before. Yeah, We we talked about this. He's a, he's a 40-year-old who's, I don't think he's really been in the top of the, I don't think he was in the top of the card at TNA if he was, like as Eli Drake, and then same thing in NWA. He never 
Nick Aldis was champion there forever. So yeah. this will be the first time, and it's going to be on, on foreign soil, which is really weird. This is a really weird Saudi card because they're not bringing in any of these legends and throwing them mm-hmm. boatloads of money. This actually looks like a legit card on paper for once. It The promo that the two did during the contract signing on SmackDown was basically... Like Roman just joking around with him like he's a nobody. He talked about how you know this was his first title opportunity and he was going to take it easy on him. And then, But Ellie Knight, they had coming back strong. You know, He talked about how I've never had a title opportunity, but I only need one. He said he didn't have to find his way like Roman, you know, acknowledging all the mispushes over the years and all of that. And so didn't he say something about the suffering suck succotash? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's yeah. something about finding your way doing the suffering succotash bit. Yeah. He quoted that in the interview. So um, yeah, I mean, in the end, Jimmy attacked him. They set up the main event, but the show goes off the air with LA Knight getting the upper hand. And so I've enjoyed the build to this. I'm looking forward to see how he does with this platform in the main event. I mean, as I said, there's no, even though this guy is moving the most merch in the company right now, and he has been for quite some time and he's super over. I mean that you can't have Roman Reigns hold the title for three years and lose it in the afternoon, North American time in Saudi Arabia with a non-traditional crowd. It's just not going to happen, but I'm, I'm curious to see how the match goes and how he does. So I'm intrigued to watch it. So any, uh, any other thoughts on Roman and, and LA night guys, before we, Look elsewhere on the card. I mean, I am very curious to see LA Knight in in a big time match because I don't think we've really uh, seen that yet. I mean, have we seen a single standout in ring performance from LA Knight? No, not really. It's just been character work that's got him over. It, it's obvious he has it on the mic, but we need to see it in the ring. And uh, God forbid, it's just not your typical paint by colors or paint by number uh roman reigns match yeah uh i know and like i i mentioned that pwo message board hit the nail on the head with triple h and his booking of heel champions and baby faces just have no room in this company to actually succeed in, in a story when they're yeah. in most cases heroes are supposed to be the ones that are the triumphant ones in the end that's a problem they, yeah yeah, just, I mean, Ryan already hit the big point, and it would be insane to end this Roman Reigns championship run in Saudi Arabia, especially when you're staring down the barrel of WrestleMania 40. I mean, it, it, the only reason that makes you think twice is because of how hot LA Knight is. But I, I would just, I would be stunned if they did the title switch. And Roman skipping Survivor Series from what it sounds like, too. So his yep. next appearance, Royal Rumble. That'll be title yep. defense number seven or eight in the last like year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for this rain to end. It's so boring at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, WrestleMania, right? Just around the <laughs> corner. Maybe. Or like we've set up the pod, by the time you get there, well, you know, Hogan's actual record's not too far away. Maybe we could go a few more months at this point. We've, we're only in the fourth inning now of this story. Who knows? Oh, God. <laughs> Baseball's over. It ended last night. <laughs> a lot of walks hit by pitches to get to this point. Sacrifice fly here and there. Yeah, a lot, a lot of runs being scored on behalf of the bloodline. <laughs> 
Um, what have you guys thought about John Cena and his return here? Well, I think I've been calling him the out of work actor John Cena with the uh, the strike amongst the actor actors going on in, in Hollywood, and he's been around more than you would have thought because he's got nothing else to do really at this point in time, and he is wrestling. And, you know, they're building this up as he hasn't won a singles match in forever. He's wrestling solo Sokoa. It sure looks like John's going over here, which I don't know if I'm crazy about that because of how they've been building up solo. But the way he's been building up and pointing out that he hasn't won in so long, it sure makes it seem like he's going to go over. I don't know. John has seemed a little off to me during this run. Seems a little forced. The promos have been a little goofy. I I don't really buy him as a character right now. What about the rest of you guys? I see you shaking your head, Jesse. Not at all. And if Cena does prevail, which yeah, they're really leaning into that's going to happen. I'm sorry, but this is really going to make Solo and Jimmy just look like a couple of dorks. It's really diluting this bloodline story. I mean, all it is is now it's just basically they might as well just get down on their knees and like polish Roman shoes every week. Oh, you're gonna say polish something else? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, this is a free show, folks. I mean, if you want a Patreon.com/slash Top Rope Nation? We might give you the alternative ending. That's where you get the off-color jokes over there. You got to pay for the Patreon content. Yeah, for God's sakes, I mean, Austin Theory beat John Cena. Come on, Solo, you can't beat him. Boy, that is so bad in retrospect. I mean, if you were going to have this long run with Cena in the fall, they must have not known. I mean, obviously, this is based on the the SAG strike, but, uh, oh, man, it's just shitty. I I think this is one of the worst uses of a a top star, tippy-top star, who can seemingly still go for the most part in the ring. Mm-hmm. Can't disagree. <laughs> to be honest, like I can't disagree. I mean, having him on your shows is a boon, no doubt about it. But as a longtime fan, when you watch it, it's just like something's kind of off right now. I, I, I don't know. I can't. I think it's just that it. I, I wrote in my SmackDown review. It just seems like John Cena is just acting wrestler at this point. I just I don't I don't buy any of it. And I agree with you guys. I think it'd be I think it's real bad to have him beat Solo Sokoa, given, you know, they've made him this enforcer guy in the bloodline. And then all of a sudden, John Cena is pointing out he hasn't won a match in forever and he's going to be the guy to beat him. Come on. I don't like that. It took a while for Solo to lose his first match. It was right before WrestleMania against Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But after that, though, no, Solo should keep winning. And as you alluded to a couple uh, shows ago, Ryan, Solo was like your your fifth highest guy to dethrone Roman. This really it. And I agreed with it. Cena wins that. Oh, my gosh. Drop him down to like 72. I'm like browsing through John Cena's match history right now, and I might have skipped it. But I think his last singles match was over Hunter at Greatest Royal Rumble. In April of 2018, he's had some some, like house show matches where he's gotten wins several over Baron Corbin back in 2019. But as I'm looking at televised matches, I think that was his last singles win. It sounded like you said 2018. Yes, indeed. Holy shit. (laughs) 
five and a half years. It was like right after the WrestleMania we went to in New Orleans. Greatest Royal Rumble was like a couple weeks after that. Well, uh, that's not fucking good, Ryan. <laughs> He's been in a lot of multi-man matches. He was on like a Fatal 4-Way on Raw that, well, he lost that one. Lost the Firefly Funhouse match. Lost to Theory at WrestleMania. A lot of dark matches. I mean, unless I skipped over it. Roman at SummerSlam. Yep. I'm not seeing a win since April of 2018 in a singles match, at least. Yeah. Boy, I'm just, I'm trying to imagine a world where maybe, you know, he could have won at WrestleMania, even if it was against somebody else. And you built him up a little bit more during this run. And then you feed him to, to Gunther for an IC title match. Yeah. Look who they're feeding him to instead. Mm. Yeah. Miz, three to five minute match, please. Mm. Well, I mean, I, I have heard through the grapevine that Gunther and Miz could <laughs> feed future generations for years. Oh, this was a tweet Jesse uh, went after on his Patreon <laughs> show two nights ago. Oh, my God. What a Miz and his day. outstanding Intercontinental Championship runs. Generational matchup. It's oh, great. God. Although it would be fun to, to watch Gunther just slap the shit out of him. Because talk about two opposing styles that one of them would have to give way to the other a little bit. And I just can't imagine Gunther being the one to do that. Yeah. Um. All right. So before we go any further and before I forget, I am actually going to be on the BR app again on Saturday afternoon. I think we're doing a watch along of the main event live. So if you guys want to watch that, get the Bleacher Report app. I will be on there with uh, Jeremy Loss on Saturday afternoon for the Roman and LA Night match. I'll be reacting to that live. I may post the audio on our Patreon. I did that for the last time I was on the BR app. I was able to pull the audio there, and they're totally cool with that. So uh, I might do that for those of you that want to hear it after the fact. But uh, get the BR app. It's a lot of fun. The chat room really gets high. And uh, yeah, I'll be doing that and a couple other shows this month. So I'll keep you guys all informed on that uh, moving forward. Elsewhere on the card, you guys, at Crown Jewel, Io Sky defending the women's title against Bianca Belair. Odds that Bianca Belair re- regains the title, Jesse. What do you think? There goes my million-dollar loft. Uh, Bianca Belair. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd your background go? My God, I where? Know. Did you just teleport? I did. <laughs> I did. I got a lot of wonderful stuff behind me now. Uh, Bianca just returning. I honestly don't know where this is going to go. I, I really yeah. don't. It's kind of a 50-50 coin flip. I think EO actually has done a pretty decent job of telling a good story with Bailey being jealous and all of that stuff. And Bianca wrestles Bailey on Friday, mm-hmm. I believe, in SmackDown as well. So kind of lead into coming in Saturday. I think I'll go EO here, I'm, but I'm not fully confident because they love Bianca, rightfully so. Yeah. This has also been good storytelling with, you know, the way to write Bianca off with the attack after the title change and everything. She comes back looking for revenge, having her work Bailey this week on SmackDown, which was taped last week. Uh, and then this match here. Uh, yeah, I think I don't think she's going to win here. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see her get the win soon and they run it back again. Uh, but I'll go with Sky here in this match. I think. Just any thoughts? Nope. <laughs> I mean, the 
the only thing I'm looking at this card and I got to think there's going to be one title change. Mm. Don't you think at least one U S title? That's where, yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning, which there's another one. I'm kind of got my eye on, but I, that one's doubtful, but yeah, I I think it's either going to be the U S title or this one, the women's championship, but I don't know. It still feels like uh, you'd kind of be uh, hurting EO Sky a little bit. Like the, there's got to be a little bit more to her reign before you take the title off of her. I agree. I think just to immediately do the title switch after the story they've told is not something to do. I think I think they keep building this up here. Uh, so I'll go EO here. I'm picking John Cena against Solo. Uh, Roman in the main event, of course. I don't really have any deep thoughts on Cody and Damian Priest. What do you think, Jesse? I actually do have a very deep thought on this one. Ooh, I truly okay. believe that um, every African-American's favorite underdog, Cody Rhodes, is going to prevail here. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, there was an individual on Twitter who said that. Oh, and another one that you can hear on the Patreon feed as Jesse goes all in on that one. As well as another tweet from that individual. Mm, not good. You got Cody in this I'm, match, though? I'm curious as to if this is going to lead to a match for the briefcase. Because I still, I just don't that see a my, road. Yeah, my original thought, too. Yeah. I just don't see a road where Damian Priest has a successful cash-in. And I don't see a world where Cody wins two Royal Rumbles in a row. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. I actually think you that makes a hundred percent sense from a logical perspective. Because again, you don't have to worry about throwing Cody in the rumble. He can go win Damien's briefcase and go. Guess what, Roman? You and me, WrestleMania. Yeah, I think we brought this up. I know I have said that on the pod like a couple of months ago. I think soon after he won it, I thought he's not going to win. This could be a way to get Cody back into the title picture without the rumble. That would be totally. Logical, I think. So if they do that, then do you have Damien win here if they're going to do that match down the line? Or do you have Cody win and Damien wants to get his win back and Cody's like, sure, you can have another shot, but you're going to have to put the briefcase up for it. Yeah. Something along that lines. But yeah, but to your point, the other way is to kind of heat up the feud a little bit. And that, of course, would need a heel victory. Mm Mm-hmm. I did, and how how does the judgment day play into it all? Which alludes to that promo that Cody cut at the end of Raw, which was great, where he mentioned that Damien was falling; he fell behind in the pecking order. He always walked behind the judgment day. He wasn't a leader, so mm-hmm. kind of putting some doubts into his head. I I did enjoy that promo quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know. You've made me more intrigued about this match than I was prior. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, I actually was going to pick Logan Paul over Rey Mysterio in this U.S. title match. I think if you're looking for a title change, that one has the highest odds of happening, at least to me. Does Logan have any more big boxing matches coming up? I mean, is he going to be able to actually be on TV until like WrestleMania? Because if that's the case, then absolutely you should have him go over here. He just had one a few weeks ago, so I don't. Probably I, not anytime Not soon. to my yeah. knowledge, no. At least for a couple of months, I wouldn't think. 
Yeah. You think that there was incentive for incentive for him to make a lot of money these next six months. So give him the United States title, let another heel reign supreme with a with a title. Mm-hmm. Ooh, boy, that's a good point, though. It's like, would that be every single person would be a heel that has a title? Yes, on the male side. Yeah. Yes, female is EO considered. What is she considered? Well, she she's, she's yeah. grouped with heels, yeah. right? Yeah, the crowd still cheers for her, though. But yeah, yeah, she's really good. Rhea is considered a heel. I could see her going. Well, no, I don't know. It's hard to say with her. Hard to say with her because she gets a lot of cheers too. Yeah, I mean she's she's the leader of Judgment Day. I mean she she seems like the alpha in that group. Uh, and I you can't I can't have her lose. Looking at this this match, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Zoe Stark, and Raquel Rodriguez. I mean, I I think she retains there. It's Nia Jax return. I don't know who was pining for that one. I just cannot cannot imagine wanting to see it. But here she is, fatal five way. I, I think Ripley losing here would be an even worse look than Roman Reigns losing on this show in some random five way match where. You're already kind of, you know, the depth of the women's division is, is suspect. And then you have this five way mm-hmm. and that's where you have her lose. I mean, you have the excuse of like, you know, I guess somebody could pin somebody else to get the win and cheat. But I don't know, that 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 feels that'd be horrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do that. Yeah. Nah, I don't like that. The only title change on this entire card that makes any sense was Logan Paul. Just because, I mean, Rey Mysterio doesn't really need to be U.S. champion. He's a legend. You know, Logan Paul's a big name. Have him wrestle at Survivor Series. You know, you're not going to have Roman there. Get Logan Paul wrestling on the show. Add some star power to the show. I like Logan Paul as, as winning a title. Seth Rollins, I don't think, is losing to Drew McIntyre. Ooh, wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate wouldn't it. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it, but I'm not going to pick it to happen here. It's another thing where it's like, I know they've done it before. I just don't see world titles changing hands on these Saudi Arabia shows. I just, to me, the location and the kind of response you get from the crowd, non-traditional crowd, the airtime here in the U, I just don't like doing world title changes on these shows. As it happened two or three times. Uh, I can name uh, did, two. Did Brock beat Braun for the world title at one? A world title, I'm pretty sure. I can't even remember what the two I can were. name are The Fiend over Seth Rollins. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Oh, Goldberg over Kevin Owens. That's all I can name. And then I thought maybe Brock beat Roman there once. Goldberg and Kevin Owens had it happened at a Saudi show. I believe it did. Wasn't that like Fastlane? Or I'm sorry, Goldberg and and the Fiend. Didn't that happen at? Oh Saudi? yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's one I wanted yeah. to forget. The Owens one I think was in like, that, Milwaukee. That was or fucking horrid. Yes, yeah. that I knew yeah. it was Goldberg winning there. Yeah, it was over. But yeah, wide. yeah. I I am fairly certain Braun got beat when he was champion. So hmm. he lost. I think, I think with Seth being the first with this new title and everything, I just don't like the title change happening on this show. The I, devil's advocate is 
Seth is a made man. Like he he's going to be a top guy in your promotion for the foreseeable future. And it feels like Drew is floundering a little bit. I mean, he, he's been doing great promo work, you know, recently. Uh, they've built this feud up great. Uh, I just, I, I think it would do more damage to Drew than it would benefit Seth Rollins or the the lineage of this uh, amazing world title. You, you still got the contract situation with Drew, though. I mean, do you do that to sweeten him up to stay? Because he has no. I he has I, you only do it if he has. Yeah, yeah that, that's I, my assumption is that he would have resigned if he wins the title. Yeah, yeah. You guys mentioned that I was going to bring up the contract stuff. I heard that promo was outstanding. By the way, the Seth and Drew back and forth, where they actually brought up Seth saying, "I don't feel sorry for you to have for having your title being spoiled due to COVID." Hmm. Yeah. Really kind of went deep into it and it was a it was a very unique promo for for once. Really refreshing to see. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I you know, early on I didn't watch a lot of these Saudi shows just because of the nature of them. I still would prefer not to, to be honest with you. I'm still not a fan of them running these shows. Uh I will be watching this one because I'm doing the bleacher report gig. Uh, but there's some intrigue with this show and the matches they put together. I will say that, you know, they're not, as you mentioned, they're not doing, uh, the typical legends matches on this show. It's a little more of a a standard WWE PLE. So there's some intrigue behind it, I think. And they've, and as we said, they've, they've been having good television lately. If you haven't watched WWE in in a while, I'd suggest checking it out. I know there's some people that follow our podcast that just, morally don't want to watch wwe totally fine but if you want to watch pro wrestling and and you're not against the wwe because of their business practices check out tv lately it's it's been a good watch so gotta start getting gunther on these ple's yeah yeah i agree i don't really have anything else in crown jewel unless you guys do no no i'm like i said i'm I'm with you i just morally i'm like oh do i really want to watch this Mm. (laughs) so and like i said this is probably the best card i think from a talent and booking perspective that they've ever done over here i will say i like the afternoon pay-per-views though (laughs) from a or ple's sorry slipped i got it right just a second ago and i had to go back to it ple's i i do love that airtime though you know when they're in the uk i love watching it here too whether it was all in or the wwe shows over there because you get it out of the way early they announced Berlin for next year as well. They announced mm-hmm. Australia or New Zealand in February for Elimination Chamber. So I don't know what time that kicks off. Yeah, they're is Australia like 12 hours difference or something like that. Something like that. Oh, might be like a wake up, almost like a Justin watching Tottenham early in the morning and pouring his cup of coffee and watching him continue to battle for the top of the table. Top of the table right now, buddy. Oh, boy. It is 1.39 p.m. in Sydney, Australia on Friday right now. I think we get some downloads from Australia, by the way. So, hello. Uh, but, yeah, so they're, they are ahead of us by, what is that, 16 hours? Yeah. 16. That's in ah. Sydney. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know where that show's at offhand. But Crown Jewel 2018. Brock Lesnar defeated Braun Strowman for the vacant Universal Championship. Hmm, 
We got three. So, elimination. Obviously left a real mark on us that I couldn't fucking remember it. <laughs> yeah. Same show as D-Generation oh, X God. versus the, the Brothers of Destruction. I have never Who seen that show. That? I've so, never watched that match. Five year anniversaries today. Uh yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Five year anniversary of one of the absolute worst matches in professional wrestling history. It was so bad that I I remember uh putting it on for my mother in law and her boyfriend. Just like look at this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh um Elimination Chamber is in Perth, Australia, which okay. right now is 10.40 a.m. And it's 9.40 in the central time zone here. So that means they're, Jesus, what is that? 13, 13 hours ahead of us right now. Yeah, how are they going to time that? Because if they start it in the afternoon, it's going to be like a morning time thing here, right? Yeah. Probably. But even 13 hours, though, if they start that at 7 p.m. there like 6 a.m here oh jeez, that's gonna be an interesting one mm-hmm. if they started it in the early afternoon there it's gonna be super late here going into the overnight period so that's not gonna be an easy watch in north america no matter how they do it said 6 a.m there's nothing like cracking open a guinness <laughs> early on a weekend morning now this is something justin does regularly so <laughs> we'll train we'll train for this and be ready by the time february 2024 runs comes around here uh yeah i guess that's about all i have for this week guys unless there's any other topics we didn't hit that we were thinking i think we hit everything AUW booking crown jewel check me out on the bleacher report app on saturday check jesse's recent trn unplugged up uh, out on uh the patreon page it is up on the patreon page right now top rope nation classics halloween havoc 98 we did it last week that's available on Patreon right now. Fun show. Two and a half hours. You can check out the video or the audio on Patreon. We would love to have your support. Five bucks a month gets you access to over 117 exclusive shows you can't hear anywhere else with multiple new shows coming each and every month. There's higher tiers you can join too. $10 a month gets you access to the ability to nominate shows for Top Rope Nation Classics, as well as drawings for free merch. $20 a month, our highest tier, gets you a free merch bundle every six months. I got a couple of those to send out right now. Actually, I was just talking. I see him in the chat, Michael Jenkinson. He's due some free merch. So I'll be getting that out to him. And there's some others as well. So I'll be reaching out on DM here pretty soon. Uh, you can also get personal podcast training. Uh, from myself if you want to know how to make your own podcast how to mix the podcast i can guide you through that that's a perk with the 20 dollars per month tier as well so you can read all about it patreon.com slash top rope nation but start at five bucks a month you know it's like buying one of us a beer less than buying one of us a beer and you get all that bonus content it's well worth the value i believe and i'm sure the guys enjoy it uh, agree with me as well and enjoy the content too as listeners i enjoy listening to jesse not even having to mix the show mm-hmm. he can handle all of it and i'm just i can sit back in the listener chair and listen to him go i mean great stuff you, listen to unplugged just for his delivery of calling the online people dipshits it, it's it's incredible <laughs> yes you get Don't wild miss the Miz commentary either <laughs> <laughs> jesse gets a little more wound up on those shows and 
yeah, he drops some cuss words here and there too. It's it's worth your five dollars right there. Good, so stuff. proud of him. Good stuff. I learned from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I learned it from watching you, Dad. <laughs> By the All way, right. we should be celebrating. One thousand. Oh, yes, indeed. We hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Finally, thank you to all of you who sub to the YouTube channel. We are there now. We are partners on YouTube. One thousand subscribers, a big landmark for Top Rope Nation. Rob Wilkins, right? Help put us over the top from Fightful. Yes, and a handful of other Fightful select listeners that I've had the good fortune of being on their pre-shows with subscribed, so they put us over the top. Yeah, appreciate that, guys. You You had sent that message the other morning. You're like, I think this is the day we go over 1,000, and it was like minutes later, it seemed like that we we hit 1K on there, so that was awesome to see. Appreciate you guys out there for doing that, and join us on the live streams. Always a lot of fun. Get in the chat room, get these popping. I'd like to have we had some people here tonight, but I'd like to see the numbers tick up for these live shows. So join us some week, guys. Plan on it. I know a lot of our listeners are in the UK, so it doesn't work out time wise. But you know, we've got some afternoon shows probably coming up here, reviewing some of these pay per views in November. So hopefully, we'll see some of you guys overseas live in the chat room. Uh, we got a great show coming up next week, by the way, episode three sixteen. <gasps> Next Thursday night, it's time to start researching, Justin, because finally, oh, shit. finally, another oh, I'm fantasy. So draft. glad you reminded me. Yeah. You're going to spend this weekend with Stone Cold Steve Austin, Justin Joint. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what we're drinking next weekend or next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, that's one beer we can't get our hands on around here. I know. I had some, but I recently ran out. I don't know if they have it here in Minnesota, but I'm going to look. Well, I mean, I, I would. Th- does our special guest draftee drafter doesn't he have like a some means to get some and maybe send them to us? He's got access for sure. That's where I usually pick it up. I'll reveal it because I I double checked with him the other night to make sure he's still on board. He is. So we are going to have Zach Haydorn from Pro Wrestling Torch. He's been on the show many times before, but it's been quite some time. We thought Zach would be the perfect guest for a Stone Cold Steve Austin fantasy draft because he has a book on Steve Austin coming out, which I think is going to get a lot of publicity when that hits bookshelves. I know I pre-ordered it. I know a lot of you guys did as well out there. I was originally supposed to drop in August, got pushed back a little bit. It is coming very soon. I will let Zach talk about it next week. But with Zach having written an entire book on the artistry of Steve Austin, who better to join us on the Steve Austin fantasy draft. So I hope you all will join us next week for that. I am really looking forward to it. It's been a long time since we've done a fantasy draft and they're always some of our this, most popular shows. This is going to be a revenge episode for me. Cause, cause Zach is the one who Jedi mind tricked me into taking uh, Jeff Hardy and Undertaker as one of the greatest TV matches of all time. Yeah. A match. I, a match I like, <laughs> He, he nominated to, to be nice that, you know, I bid on it. And next thing I know, I'm fucking stuck. With it. <laughs> so the revenge tour is on next nice. week. That was one of the last fantasy drafts we did. Or no, actually, no, we did Randy Savage after that. For sure. Mm-hmm. The uh, pro wrestling's best TV matches draft we did. Zach was on it. Um, and the exact date on that was October 5th, 2021. 
a little over two years ago. Can you believe it? Crazy. That's a fun one. Uh, it, everybody should go back and listen to it because I'm pretty sure we're going to do this one the same way we did that one, which it's going to be a mix of like an auction yes. fantasy okay. draft. Yes, there'll be a little wrinkle to that. If you want to hear how that kind of works, go back. October 2021. It's on our YouTube channel. If you go to just our main channel, youtube.com slash top rope nation, I actually have a playlist of all the fantasy drafts that um were video streamed. Not all of them were. Some of the early ones were not video streamed. I know the Undertaker one was not. That you can find on the podcast archives. But if you want to see the video of the best TV matches of all time, Zach was on that. It's in the playlist, Pro Wrestling Fantasy Drafts on our YouTube channel. Let's Good be stuff. happy that video was banished. The Taker one? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We had, a, we had a guest on there that you're not a big fan of. <laughs> <laughs> that you might have taken to the woodshed at Unplugged this week. Uh, oh, man. That was before that guy got controversial i will say that yeah he wasn't he wasn't bought over with the cheese platters yet (laughs) wwe hadn't bought him his good graces yet quite yet just take it easy on this wrestling draft rookie next thursday (laughs) absolutely not you know another one that we did that was not video streamed that had a tremendous guest was the best SummerSlam matches with Liam O'Rourke. There's no video of that mm. one, but that was a hell of a show. That's in the uh, the podcast archives. That's another one, you guys. If you're new to our show, these fantasy drafts are some of our best episodes. So try to join us live next week if you can. It'll be a lot of fun. Join us in the chat. Let us know. Slam our picks as we go. Criticize us. Whatever you want. Should be fun. It's going to be a rambunctious Thursday, yes. It will be. It very much will be. Guys, it's been a blast. Appreciate you all jumping on tonight. Big weekend plans, anyone? Other than watching Steve Austin? Uh, I got to make sure I get this right. Holy shit, is this even possible? Seven-year wedding anniversary for me this weekend? Oh, yes. I was there. It was a good time. Sunday. So going to go eat and drink Saturday night without the kids, God willing, unless they're sick, which they probably will be. You know, it was just days after the Chicago Cubs won the World Series, which was seven years ago today. Sorry for our (laughs) Cleveland listeners out there. That was right when the podcast started. We were in the early days, and it was just me and Kyle at that point in time. So the Cubs and Kyle's hometown team, Cleveland, going back and forth. And uh, that was a fun way to kick off the pod in those early months. But God, I was I was rejoicing seeing those pictures on social media today again of what a great night November 2nd, 2016 was. The next week kind of sucked ass, not for your wedding, but for other things that happened in, in world events. But Justin, your wedding was very fun. Oh, yeah. I was on my way to Jamaica for my honeymoon, uncertain if I'd ever come back. <laughs> yeah. Deportation to Kingston, Jamaica, yes. I will never forget that (laughs) text from you, Justin. Should I come back? (laughs) Uh, Well, you guys should come back next week for this pod. It'll be fun. Episode 316. Nice one. Looking forward to it, you guys. Thanks for checking out the pod. Subscribe wherever you're getting your podcast. Subscribe to the channel. Keep those numbers growing on YouTube. And as we said, Patreon, the best way to support what we do. We will talk to you all again real soon. Hope you have a great weekend. Take care.